Hi everyone, it is I, the Humble Helpmate, here to do another episode. Um, This episode will be talking about um, the importance of a mother's teaching. Um, I will reference the scripture Proverbs 1 uh, verse 8. I want to talk about this because um, women of God in general, but to all women, we have to see um, the importance and the power in teaching our children. From younger moms to older moms, we can really use some help when it comes to teaching our children. Um, we can use help. We need wisdom. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need patience. We need it all, okay? Um, when it comes to teaching our children, especially as mothers teaching our daughters, it is so important and it is just very significant for us to seek the scriptures and to seek the wisdom and the counsel of God to be able to lead our daughters into a way that is pleasing to God and to set them up for success in this world. And I'm not talking about worldly success. I'm talking about kingdom success, okay? Um, I know we have to first deny ourselves we have to first see the importance that if God blessed us with children it is our responsibility to change our ways it is our responsibility to take up our cross and to really walk this thing out so we are not just talking about it but we are being about it and we are walking out our salvation with fear and trembling I see a lot of us talking but we're not doing we're telling our children what not to do but then we we are doing the very thing we tell them not to do if you are a woman a woman of God or just a woman in general and you are telling your daughter not to date a lot of guys but you date a lot of guys that's not being a good example if you are telling your daughter to watch her mouth but you're not watching your mouth then that's not being a good example if you are telling your daughter to dress a certain way a more modest classy way but you're not that's not being a good example and yes I know that we all come from um uh, our own lifestyles and a lot of us are still in sinful lifestyles and a lot of us has come come out into the realization of who uh, um, God is and that's great But whether we're in or out, we have to stand firm. Just because we were once out and we're we're now in, we can't feel like, oh, well, I can't be as hard on my daughter because I did it too. That is not an excuse. God commands us to be away. God commands us to teach our children in his way. The Bible tells us to raise the children up in the way, in his way. So that is not an excuse. I find that um, being an excuse for a lot of women where they like me for instance I come out the world I live a party life I smoked I drank I partied I was in a motorcycle club for years and I partied my little life away and now when it comes to my daughter some people tell me well Anita you can't be that hard on her because you did it too it's not about me doing it too it's about I didn't have my parents 
they were good parents but they weren't God fearing they believed in God but they didn't live in the way so that was one thing so I didn't have anyone telling me anyone training me in the way first of all second of all I didn't um so I didn't know I didn't have the conversations that I needed to have I wasn't in the um knowledge of what was really going on I wish I had more talks I wish I um was brought up in a way to know better I just didn't and you know my parents did the best way the best they could with what they have but they didn't have a lot of wisdom pertaining to the word of God so it don't matter if I did it or not my children will not live in that way because I know the way now and it's not that I'm trying to prevent them from having fun as experienced things as a kid which they're not going to experience anything but heartache um indwelling of spirits um stress depression a whole lot of things that is not healthy and that's why the bible tells us to raise the child up in the way so ladies do not feel victim to or do not feel guilty for telling your child that she must live by your rules and by this way which is the way of the bible do not fall into the trap of feeling like well I did it and I explored and I experienced things and my daughter got to do the same absolutely not the very fact that you experienced those things is the very reason why you should make sure and do all in your power to give your daughter wisdom and to pray and to fast and to ask God for discernment to make sure that your daughter don't make the same mistakes you made okay so I want to read a scripture in Proverbs first chapter um verse 8 it says my child listen when your father corrects you and do not neglect your mother's instructions so it's telling us right then and there that is a message for the child telling the child to not um to not neglect the mother's instructions or to in some translation it say to not neglect the mother's teaching but the question that i have for you ladies is what are we teaching our daughters if the Bible is telling the child to not neglect the teachings or the instruction of your mother, then what are we teaching them? It is important that we know what we are teaching them. Are we teaching them how to go out into the world and seek education first instead of God? Are we teaching them to seek education before marriage? Do they, are we teaching them how to be married? Are we teaching them to, um, to not live a life where they're habitual daters, but they are setting themselves apart and keeping themselves sacred for a husband until a husband come along? Are we teaching them that, um, looking like this world and dressing like this world is not of God but God teaches you and tells women how to dress which is which is which sorry which is in modest apparel are we teaching them that are we teaching them to not disrespect men and to and to have a humble a quiet spirit about themselves because that is pleasing to the Lord are we teaching them that are we teaching them um to not be materialistic but to be good stewards of the things that God bless you with are we teaching them that are we teaching them um to 
grow up and to have marriages and to build healthy families that if they do desire kids in their future then children only come by a husband children don't come by you can have a child by having a baby father but that is not ideal for God's plan for your life are we teaching them that if you desire to have children then you must desire a husband first are we teaching them to be virgins and to wait and that if they um if they engage in sexual sin that's they are opening themselves up for sin and for they are opening themselves up for um a hindering in the growth in their relationship with God that they are opening themselves up to demonic spirits that can indwell in them are we teaching them that when they lay down with men and, and they're having sexual encounters with men that they are coming up with spirits that they are coming up with demons are we teaching them um that it is not that serious to have a relationship if there's no long-term value behind it are we teaching them this are we teaching them how to go out into the world and present themselves as royalty to know that they are children of the most high god and that they're in the kingdom of god and that they are kingdom citizens are we teaching them how to carry themselves when they speak how to carry themselves how to present themselves in a manner that is pleasing to god are we teaching them these things Or are we teaching them that it's okay to talk to men any kind of way? We're teaching them it's okay to have a haughty spirit and a haughty attitude. It is okay to dress provocative. It's just a little bit of skin. I know you're a teen. This is what you want to do. Are we teaching them that you can have a boyfriend? There's nothing wrong with a boyfriend and he can come over and chill and you can hang out with him, not even considering long term. Are we teaching them? That it's okay to be a little touchy-feely. Are we teaching them that it's okay to be on TikTok and social media showing off your body, twerking, dancing, all seductive? Are we teaching them to not put God first and deny themselves, but to put themselves first? Are we teaching them these things? Are we teaching them that you can go to church but don't really be receptive to what you're hearing and you don't have to really do what what you hear the pastor saying or what you hear daddy teaching in the word are we teaching them are we teaching them by the way we're living are we teaching them by the way we do things do they see us doing things that are contrary to the word of God and contrary to who we to what we're telling them to do so that they don't even follow it are we teaching them by the music that we're allowing them to listen to What is the music that we're allowing them to listen to teaching them? Because if we're allowing them to listen to it, then we are okay with it. And we are teaching them how to open up their ears to things that they are not supposed to hear. The Bible tells us to guard our ears and guard our hearts and guard our eyes are we telling them that it's okay and teaching them that it's okay to watch certain things on television with sex scenes when they shouldn't even be looking at that the bible tells us to not put no foul thing before our eyes are we teaching them that that's okay or are we teaching them that it's not okay are we teaching them the word of god in its fullness Or are we teaching him how you can believe some and deny the rest? What are we teaching our children? Are we teaching our sons to be respectful? Are we teaching our sons to be humble? 
and respectful to their parents are we teaching them i know fathers are supposed to teach the sons but in a lot of cases that's just not so in a lot of cases we have single mothers what are we teaching our sons because see we got to be careful when we're teaching our sons the bible tells us not to provoke the child unto anger but mothers are we so frustrated that we come home and we going off on our kids, we cussing at them, we calling them names, we putting them down. What are we teaching them by doing that? What are we showing them because we're not showing love? And we have all been guilty of these things on some kind of level. But that's why it's important for us to constantly ask God to cleanse us renew us give us grace give us mercy to overcome the struggles of this life so that we don't pour it out onto our children so that we're able to teach our children in in effective ways on how to be who God called them to be we have to be effective in our teaching and we have to teach because just because we're at home with our children every day and we see our children every day We can live a whole life with our children and never teach them nothing. You understand that? And everything that we teach them could be be in vain, depending on what we're teaching them. I had my mother and father in the home with me, and they tried their best. But I didn't have a lot of lectures. I didn't have a lot of uh, conversations, and I didn't have a lot of teaching. I had some. But rarely anything on the Bible, rarely anything on God, rarely anything on what the Bible said about me and who I was supposed to be. And if we are believers and we are women and we are women of God, then it is our responsibility to teach our children what the words say. It is our responsibility to show our children who they are in God by searching the scriptures. So what are we teaching? our children because it is in the teaching where the fruit is bared and we want to bear good fruit we want to bear good fruit okay we want to bear good fruit and we want to make sure that nothing we do or say is in vain now we are not perfect but if we see God and we make a commitment then God is faithful because if you read the bottom of this scripture i'll start back from the top and this is proverbs 1 8 it says my child listen when your father corrects you don't neglect your mother's instruction what you learn from them will crown you with grace and will be a chain of honor on your neck so you will be crowned with grace because what you learn from your parents, what our, I mean, I'm sorry, what we teach our children and what they learn from us, they will be able to walk in humility and grace because they will remember. God will bring you back to their remembrance. So when they were tempted to fall or they were going to fall, grace will be given to them because they will be reminded of what was taught to them by their parents. And it says that and 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 a chain of honor will be around their neck a chain of honor when I think of a chain of honor being around their neck then I think of they're able to walk in integrity they're able to walk with value and worth and honor because what they were taught and when they walk in that way they are bringing honor unto us they are bringing honor unto God because we're teaching them in a way 
and they're going to remember that way and it is going to bring honor to us and to them because they will be able to walk in this world knowing who they are walking with confidence being true to who they are and being pleasing to the most high god so i just encourage you women that we have to teach our children and if you feel like you failed up to this point it's okay and if you feel like you did the best you could and your children are still going another way that's okay too god said if you train that child up he won't forget it when he's old so if they're in a rebellion state then that's okay too we can just pray and give that to god but no matter what we have to make sure that we've done all we can and we can't be um contradicting in what we say we can't be hypocrites whatever we teach them and wherever we tell them we have to do the same if we tell them you need to spend time with God you need to spend time with God too mother if you tell them you need to spend time in worship you need to spend time in worship too if you tell them you need to have a life of fasting you need to have a life of fasting too if you tell them you need to pay attention in church you need to pay attention in church too mother we cannot just be hearers of the word we have to be doers and we can't just be teachers of the word we have to be doers so what are you teaching your child if your child go on your social media will you be pleased with what she see or will you tell her girl get off my stuff why the whole world can see it you are her example you are her role model so teach her how to be especially if you're a woman of God then all who you are is in the word of God. You learn who you are from the word of God and teach it to your daughters, to your children, to your son. It is our responsibility. And we are commended by God to do so. So you guys be blessed, be humble, humble help me. Hi everyone, it is I, the humble help me here to do another podcast. In all my other um, episodes, I always say video because I'm so used to doing videos and now I'm trying to transition to podcasts. So if you hear me say video, I really mean episode or podcast, but I'm fairly new to this. So I hope everyone is well. I'm good. Today, I want to be I want to talk about Abigail. Okay, I will be reading out of first Samuel 25 and um, Abigail, she was a wise woman of God. She had a lot of wisdom and she interceded for her husband and um, actually um, interceded in such a way where she um, jeopardized her life, but she saved his life. And um, and not just his life, but his soldiers, his men, everything around him was, was um, going to be destroyed. And because of her bravery and her commitment to God and her love for her husband, even though he was a fool, Nabal, the name means even a fool. And um, she was aware of that. So um, despite her husband's foolishness, she still loved him until death. And I don't want to get all into it because I actually just want to read. It is kind of long, but bear with me because I'm just, I, I want to read this and then I want to talk about it. So just to give you um, some of the background of the story, 
um, David was the king at the time and Nabal was a really wealthy man himself. And um, David would always have um, around certain times, he would have his men um, protect Nabal's um, cattle, his flock and just his his riches. And um, he just would send his soldiers to protect him because that was just who he was as king and um Nabal it was a time where um in this particular scene um David sent his men to ask Nabal for cattle and basically food and things like that because it was the time of giving of sharing I don't know you have to go back and read it but I'm just trying to give you some outline and Nabal was like who is he who is David? And it's like, really? I'm king and you know I'm king and I had my men watch over your men. So how you getting at me like that? Basically, <laughs> in my terms. But if you go back and read the story, it's kind of what it is. So David was like, you know what? You want to get at me like that? I'm going to kill you. I'm killing you. I'm killing everything around you because I protected you when you needed protection. I sent my soldiers to guard you. And that's how you repay me. You basically owe me that stuff. I'm king. Like, why you... So his pride was rising up too, I ain't gonna lie, but Nabal didn't have to do that to David because all that David did for him, you know? So that's the background now I want to start reading. I'm reading right here at 1 Samuel um, 25 verse 23. When Abigail saw, saw David, she quickly, okay, so now she, so when, when the servants got word that what happened and what Nabal did to David, they knew that David was going to come back and get vengeance. And so when the servants went and told Abigail and this, and Abigail said, get all the stuff he asked for and then some pack it all up. I'm going to take it to him. And this is where I'm going to start reading. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off the donkey and bowed low before him. Okay. So right now she is actually showing submission submission she's bowing down to this man okay she fell at his feet and said i accept all blame in this manner my lord she called him lord that's a respect that she had for him as king that she called him lord okay please listen to what i have to say i know nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man Please do not pay attention to him. He is a fool just as his name suggested. So his name actually meant fool. That's why we got to watch what we name our kids. Okay. But I never even saw the young man you sent. So she's basically saying I was unaware of what was going on. Now my Lord, calling him Lord again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live since the lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance in your own hands let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be a curse as as nabal is so she's saying that he is a curse and she's saying she's she's basically speaking um saying that you know Thank you for sparing my life, which he didn't say he was going to do it at the moment. But she, she, you know, she was going by faith saying, you know, for the fact that you didn't murder and didn't take on vengeance, vengeance, may God cause a curse to fall on whoever is against you, basically. And here is a present. Here is a present that I, your servant, have brought you and your men. Please forgive me for I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty for you are fighting the lord's battle which he was and you because david is the one where god said that he is a man in his own heart so he was definitely fighting the lord's battle 
and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Okay, so I can go on because basically after this, after this, she's just kind of like blessing him and just um, basically like confirming who God is in his life. So then I'll jump down here to 32. And then it says, David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. So that so David out of pride was going to go back and do something that he probably was going to regret. And she was basically saying like, you are a man of God, a, God, a man after God's own heart. You shouldn't do this because when God continued to fight your battles, you don't want no blemish on your record. That's what she was saying. If I would have kept reading, I just didn't want to make it long winded. But so now she has not only risk her life to go try to save the life of her husbands and others but now she's even passing wisdom on to on to david to where david said praise the lord the god of israel who have sent you to meet who have sent you to meet me today thank god for your good wisdom for your good sense Bless you for keeping me from murdering and from carrying out vengeance which my with my own hands for i swear by the lord the god of israel who have kept me from harming you that if you have not hurried out to meet me not one of nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning see that so that's what he was going to do he was on his way to do harm and she came and she didn't have to she didn't have to come she could have just packed her stuff up and left but she said no i'm going to go make this right so daniel accepted her and told her to return home in peace that he will not kill her husband okay so abigail went back home she tried to i'm not going to read it but i'm just going to try to tell it but um abigail went back home and her husband was having a party and he was drunk and she was going to tell him what happened but she again she's using wisdom because she like this is not the right time i will tell him in the morning the next morning she told him what happened and it said that he fell into a coma and a couple of days after he fell into a coma he actually died and uh, so god got vengeance back to what he did to god's servant because he ended up dying and then after that David got word that he died and called for Abigail to be his wife and Abel and Abigail was was humbled. She was like, yeah, of course, I'll be your wife. So he actually took her as his first wife, I believe. I could be wrong on the first wife, but I don't know because he, he had multiple wives. But OK, so I, I said that to say a couple of things. Abigail did think I, I, I read a little bit because I want you to understand when I pull out her um her attributes she was a, a really good wife she knew she married a fool she knew her husband was a fool and she um but she still loved him she still did right by him she um went to him and she I mean even in his trouble and even in his foolishness she still was for him and um Abigail interceded for her husband as Jesus intercedes for us. That's what it reminds me of because God, if you look in the Old Testament, God was striking people down left and right. But the Bible talks about how Jesus intercedes from us for us. And I want to read Hebrews 7:25. Um, it says, He is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lived to make intercession for them. So Jesus is constantly making intercession for us. He never ever gives up on us, you know, because we are the bride of Christ. So how many of us give up on 
not just God, but give up on our husband. Because see, we give up on our husbands before we give up on God. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but Abigail, when they, when she got word that they were going to come back and destroy everything, Abigail could have been like, you know what, you foolish man, I'm getting out of here. I'm packing my stuff and I'm done because I'm not going to get destroyed because of you. But she didn't do that. She took a risk because David could have killed her in his anger. But she went to him and said, Lord, can you please hear what I have to say? And so she went and interceded on her husband's behalf, just as Jesus interceded for us. And even in her husband's wrongdoing, she was willing to um, to do the right thing, you know, even though in his, in, in his. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so yes, even in our foolishness and our willingness to do wrong, God still intercedes, Jesus still intercedes on our behalf, just as Abigail did for her husband, okay? So how many of us are doing that? You know, we can have husbands that's not in the will of God, and we we don't even want to deal with it. You know, we, we divorce, but she stayed with him until death. And she interceded with she interceded on his behalf. Abigail did the same for her husband. She could have just gone, you know, like I said, and packed her things, but she didn't do that. And um, she went the extra mile for her marriage. How many of us women are going the extra mile for our marriage? You know, she could have been killed, like I said, but she went to the Lord. And she caught because she went to David, but she called him Lord. So it can be the same as just going to our Lord to cry out and to intercede on our husband's behalf instead of leaving him. You know what I'm saying? David even seen her as a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Just as God see Jesus as a blessing unto us, because a lot of the times God was destroying things left and right, but Jesus was there to intercede. And Abigail is the same for her husband. And I really feel like we should be the same for our husbands. We should go and do the extra mile to not give up on him, but to cry out, to fast for him, to ask God, God, what is it? Show me, Lord God, show me what I need to intercede for. Bow down and humble yourself before God as she did until David to get the answers that you need because at the end of the day David called her a blessing for coming to him you know what I'm saying so she came with offerings because she came with a lot of stuff so she was offering things unto him she was she had humility she had surrender on the behalf of her husband how many of us are doing that for our husbands what are we offering God in prayer on the behalf of our husbands? Are we so full of pride and frustration because he's a fool that we don't even want to go to God on his behalf? Are we surrendering those emotions to God? Are we being humble and, and, and knowing that we make mistakes and we are foolish at times as our husbands are? Or are we packing up everything and just leaving and trying to ask God to give us a way out and to, instead of showing us how to stand in the gap and intercede for our husbands? This is really important. And this is what stood out um, when I read this story. When I read this story, a lot of those, what I just um, stated, were standing out to me. I was like, wow, she was humble. She she was full of humility. She surrendered, you know, she, to the point where she could have died on the behalf of her husband. And at the end of it all, David spared her. And David said that she was a blessing to come to him um, the way that she came to him to him so um how many of us go through this with our husbands you know we have to use wisdom we have to even when she went to him even when she went back to Nabal to tell him 
what she have done she's seen that he wasn't sober-minded and that's using wisdom and yes i'm speaking sober-minded because he was drunk but anytime that you're out of whack in your mind you're not being sober sober-minded so your husband can just had a bad day just got some bad news just did a dumb thing and know he did it and don't want to face it and we we don't know how to speak um, at the right time so we blow up on them making the situation worse and we're not using wisdom you know we we can we we can find out that our husband did something that was foolish but at the same time know that it's not the right time to bring that up at that moment but we're so um we're so foolish in our thinking and not using wisdom that we speak at a time when we weren't when we aren't supposed to and it can make the situation worse if she would have went to him and told him told her husband Nabal what she had done and and how she went to meet David that could have really went bad because he was wasted so he was full of pride and um he could have said some foul things and did some foul things to her and ain't no telling what happened and she knew it wasn't the right time so she used wisdom to um wait the next morning to where he can comprehend what really happened and the next morning when she did that God took vengeance for David because he went into a coma and he actually died and God actually freed her from that situation and blessed her because she was able to marry King David. Okay. So she benefited in so many ways and so many different levels. And I say all that to say when we're, when we are in a marriage and we, and things are not going the way that we think they should at the end of the day, we have to remember our role is humble helpmates. We have to remember that we have a God that is greater, that is bigger, that is stronger, and that can do all things. We also so so with us knowing that we have to carry a certain amount of humility. We have to be willing to offer ourselves to sacrifice to surrender our our emotions to the king and to bow at his feet and to say lord help me with this situation i'm going to honor my husband i'm going to honor my marriage in this even though it was foolish but god i just pray that you will give him wisdom lord god i pray that if this situation is not for me you bring me out of it but don't let me take myself out of it um when it's not your time and cry out on your husband behalf seeking wisdom and knowing that as you intercede for your husband Jesus is interceding for you and you will get favor and you will be blessed because of it okay so um I hope that encouraged you I had a lot of interruptions through this video so I hope that um you guys were able to get um, what I was saying in the message was able to be conveyed properly, but, um, yes, Abigail was a very wise woman and, and a wise wife, and she stood her ground and her position all the way through this matter. This was a serious matter. It was life or death, but she handled it so well with the wisdom of God and she came out on top. Okay. Sometimes we, we, us as women, we are so eager to take matters into our own hands. And a lot of us have taken matters into our own hands. But look at where we are now. Did it benefit you in any way? Or was it detrimental to the situation, to the family, to the marriage? And God is faithful that even sometimes, and he's merciful and he's gracious, because even when we do things out of his will, 
and, and, and out of his way. And we take matters into our own hands. Depending on the situation, he still gives us grace. He still uh, makes a way even when we we cause destruction. But let us not cause destruction. Let us be the blessing and the help that God called us to be. Because she was the blessing and the help in the situation. It was going to get real ugly. But she went to the king and she bowed and she prayed and she repented. She did all those things. She surrendered. She offered up her emotions and all that she was and we have to do the same look at abigail's and david's situation as you and the father go to him on the behalf of your marriage and seek him for wisdom and counsel and he will come through so you guys have a blessed one be blessed and i know that he died physically but God, if when you go into God and you crying out for your marriage and you doing the necessary things that you need to do as a helpmate, he can cause that flesh to die. You see what I'm saying? He can cause that flesh to die and for that spiritual, spiritual man to be rose um, and uh, to rise up and to take his position as lead. And um, that fool in him needed to die. You know, so he died a physical death, but that, that God the word it, it um sometimes it don't i'm not gonna say it don't mean what it say because it do but when you get a revelation you get a different revelation and, and when the revelation i got was that fool in him died and and if you feel like your husband is foolish then like i said go to the father on his behalf don't be so quick to run and get out of the situation because you might be the very help that he needs to um, die to himself and be risen in God. So you guys be blessed. You have a good one. And until next time.